Just grateful to be with you guys tonight, and we got an awesome lineup of comics in the back, and they can hear you. And let's just one more round of applause for those guys. <laughs> yeah, sure. What? Right off the. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? Do you feel like you got what you needed? Did you? like connected with the audience I'm kind of like that kind of a comic <laughs> um, it's great to see you guys well we've had a fuck of a week haven't we well yeah we have actually Woo! we've just had a real fuck of a week just clap for that get it out of your system it's been a fuck it's just been a real fuck of a week last week uh, my wife Rhea who, who also usually co-hosts the show with me Rhea, Rhea and I we, um, we knew far in advance, you know, our show's on a Tuesday, so we knew that it was gonna be on election day, and uh, people, people asked us, like, at the theater, do you guys want, like, still wanna do the show on the election? We were like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there is no way that we would miss, like, this night, you know? Like, these two women, and we're up here, and, you know, like, we would get to call it for all of, all of you, and you would, you know, you would remember you were here, and by the time, I don't know if you have children, but, you know, like, whenever you, if, however you kind of, you know, accrued children later in life, and, and then you would tell them, you know, because by that point, Rhea and I will be so much more even famous than we are now, if you can imagine that, a more famous person than me, and it's hard to, um, if you could imagine, you know, sort of telling your children as you flip through uh, your, your channels, and I'm on every channel, you know, I'm on every channel, because everything's streaming, um, so you don't even have, you can't even flip you're flipping, you know, I don't know what TVs are, but you're doing this and it's the future and uh, your TV's implanted in your brain and your, um, you know, whatever's happening and you, you know, you say to your kids, well, I was there. I was there. I was with Cameron and Rhea and they're like, oh my God, uh, household name Cameron and Rhea and you're like, yeah, 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 of course. That's what I'm talking about. And, um, you know, that we got to tell you, that we got to say, you know, she's in. And so therefore everything's different forever for human beings. Because once there's a, I, mean, I grew up Catholic and women can't be priests in the Catholic church. Because, uh, do you guys, do you guys know, do you guys know, do you guys know why? <laughs> uh, it, it, it's not, uh, it's not, you're gonna think it's because of Jesus. Almost nothing in the Catholic Church <laughs> has anything to do with that guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a brown guy, and he, 
he said a lot of stuff, and uh, it's been edited uh, through a lot of years, and he's and you know he's been edited in a lot of ways, and things sort of taken away from him. People kind of subtract. He had female apostles. Did you guys know that? That's like what Mary Magdalene was. But then eventually we were like, well, she shouldn't be an apostle. What would be like another thing that a woman could be that would be like more relatable? Like why would a man be around a woman? Oh, she's a a sex worker. That makes sense. Um, Which is great. Also like, you know, no shame against sex workers, but just that that's the only thing they conceive. Like how would he know her? You know? She's a sex worker. <laughs> That's who men know. Um, and, you know, so over time... And did you guys know... I don't know if you know why... So, yeah, there were women, and then women were taken out, obviously, to keep, you know, men in power and um, edited out of the Bible, and books have been, like, lost and, and, and buried. And also, male, male priests can't get married because of uh, property, it's not it has nothing to do with anything. It's because if you had a son and he inherited the church from you, then the church doesn't get to keep the church because it goes to your son. So then, therefore, you should just be single and sad and like so kind of repressed that terrible things happen. And so that's you know the faith that I grew up in, and I never saw a woman have the power of being connected with God. And then I lost my faith and so I wasn't that sad about that eventually and I knew I wanted to be a priest when I was a kid and I was like I think you know I just I like I just think it's like about you know I like that it's a job where you stand up in front of people and they're you know and they are drinking of that <laughs> and that's there's other jobs like that um, so I found one And then over time, it started to feel like maybe we would get to see a female president. And so many people during this... I, I have been uh, in Hillary's camp since... I mean, I voted for her in 2008. Like, I, I was with her. And then, you know what? Barack Obama came around. I'm from Chicago. That dude's amazing. That dude's amazing. He's charismatic. He's a great speaker. He's got adorable ears, and he had hopes and dreams, and I wasn't sad. I wasn't, I mean, I was, I was like, yeah, no, this makes sense. And also, like, of course we should have non-white presidents, 100%, feel great about it. You know, Buena, I was into it. I thought it was cool. (laughs) I was into it the whole time. And in my life, also, I should tell you guys, you know, I am from a conservative Catholic family. I was raised in an all-Republican neighborhood. Uh, I never met anybody who was openly gay. I really didn't know people close who were not white people until I went to high school. And um, my first boyfriend was Filipino. And I remember when my parents met him because they just didn't have context. White people with no context. And uh, they met him at a swim meet. And I was like, you know, my boyfriend Jason is going to come. And they introduced themselves to the wrong person because there was like a tall Filipino dude and then a blonde guy next to him. And they were like, you must be Jason. And he was like, actually, I'm Jason. And they were like, oh, Cameron, we're worried that you're gonna, you guys are going to be looked at differently when you go out together because you're an interracial couple. And they were so much sadder when they met my Korean girlfriend. <laughs> 
four years later, <laughs> they were like, can we still... The, is the other option... <laughs> So we, in my life, the first time I could vote, I was 18, and I voted for George W. Bush. I didn't just vote for him. I went to rallies. Like, I shook his hand. Like, I went to rallies and I shook his hand because I had no context for what politics really was. I mean, it was... I was a kid, and I came from a place where that's what everybody thought, and so I voted for him. Like, I voted for him in the election that he stole. Um, I was, like, <laughs> into it. Like, I woke up the next morning and was like, cool. <laughs> Thank God that Al Gore isn't going to get over here and protect the earth. Uh, <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> And then I realized I was gay, and then I left the Catholic Church, and then I graduated from college, and the same week that I graduated from college, Massachusetts became the first state to legalize same-sex marriage, and I had gone to a college where I couldn't come out because they would kick you out of school if you were openly gay. And so the same week that I graduated, I went and watched the first couples in America get married, the first gay couples in America get married, and I watched that the same week, and so my life has felt like it just has only gone one direction. Um, it's felt like forward movement all the time. Like, then we got marriage here, and then we got marriage here, and then we, you know, Rhea and I, we tried to put together a tour where we were going to tour to all the states that didn't have marriage equality, and this was the summer of 2015, and, and I don't remember if you, I don't know if you remember uh, what was going on that summer, but just like all, that spring, like just like just constantly different states were just allowing marriage equality and it was so exciting and very frustrating from a booking perspective. <laughs> and then on June 26th of 2015, we got full marriage equality from the Supreme Court and it was an unbelievable day. And my dad, who'd cried for five years when I came out to him, was the first person to call me. He pulled over on his way to work with a client in the car. My dad's a lawyer, and it was a client in the car. And he pulled over, and he said, like, can you just hang on a second? He stepped out of the side of the road and was, like, screaming and crying, and, um, which is what you want, you know, to see from your lawyer. You want to see that kind of <laughs> sort of passion um, for the law, which is really what it was. And... <laughs> So everything has felt, you know, forward movement because the, even the terrible things that have been revealed about the racism that is ingrained in this country during Barack Obama's presidency have felt... And here's the thing. I say this knowing I'm a white person, so I might not... Turns out I might not be the authority on this. So this is me speaking as a white person, but I will say, for me, I, I have been... Uh, grateful to have my true self and my true privilege revealed to me during his presidency because people were so shitty to him and I felt like he was trying so hard that I for the first time like really saw how fucked up everything was and then phone technology and the police and like this has been bad, but at least we've seen it and it felt like we were working on it. Like, it wasn't that it wasn't there before, it was just that now it was being, um, like the corners were being pulled up and we could see the whole thing. And 
nobody had to say like believe me racism is real because you could just like look at it and then you it was irrefutable um and so last week when we were on stage here and ryan our producer was calling the, the states that were being won i have no understanding of that you know for me i'm 35 i feel like we were moving forward and i think what i didn't realize is that you know it's a pendulum and you you go forward and then you come back and it sucks it sucks very hard it's really sad i'm sad for us i'm sad for all of us that have to um live in this country right now and deal with this because I did believe that we were going somewhere and I, I did think that we had a moral compass at the, at the top in our country and, and now, you know, we definitely don't. Um, I mean, ab absolutely not. not. Not because of party affiliation, um, but because, dear, dear God, <laughs> how? Someone with no political experience could order a hat and that's enough. <laughs> you just support your hat with the worst garbage that any political candidate has ever spewed um, and you count on the sexism in your voters to help you out the rest of the way. Like, you prey on their fear and then you hope that they also hate women. <laughs> Muslims are gonna get you. And additionally, have you seen my opponent? Because she has boobs and you know, they're obscured by the tunic, but they're in there. <laughs> and I feel like for women, well, I mean, number one, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry to Muslims that live in this country that have to live here and, and, and hear that and think that, first of all, he fucking lost the popular vote. So, like, just so you know, more of us are with you. Um, and the same thing to Mexicans who, you know, we know that you are not, as a unit, rapists. Uh, we know that. Um, and... I think for women, the, watching the way people have talked about Hillary Clinton has been so sad to me because the whole time we've had to apologize for her and talk about how she's not perfect and I'm furious that we have had to do that. I'm furious that we have had to defend her in a way that we don't defend male candidates. We never talk about how they're not perfect. They just have scandals and those scandals are absorbed. And if the perfection of a candidate was what got them in office, there's literally no chance Donald Trump would ever be our president. So it maybe has to be something else. I was in Mexico on Wednesday. Rhea and I woke up really early in the morning. We went to Mexico to perform at a resort that had been booked by a lesbian travel company. And this is a real thing. <laughs> 
because not so long ago, and even currently now, uh, it's so unsafe to be a woman in this country, and especially a woman that doesn't rely on a man for protection, validation, a woman that might not look beautiful to you or Donald Trump, uh, the kind of woman that wouldn't be hot enough for you to forcibly grab their pussy. I'm talking about like 70-year-old women who've been together for 37 years and just got married like a second ago, and they need somewhere to vacation. So there's a vacation company that rents entire resorts that these women can go and feel safe and one of them happens to be in Mexico so we flew to Mexico on Wednesday morning because that trip was already booked and the people in Mexico that worked at the resort they felt bad for us like if you want to know what the election of Donald Trump has done to our country the people in Mexico were like are you guys going to be okay Because, like, we're not paying for the wall, but if it keeps you the fuck out of here, that's good for us. I talked to these women, and um, there was a gift in that um, because I think that they were... They'd lived a long enough time to have seen things go back and forth, and that helped me realize that, yeah, history doesn't just move in one direction. I was talking to those women, I said, who, who'd been together for 37 years and uh, one had been a nun and then she left the sisterhood because she met a woman uh, and that woman was a nurse and then she was a doctor. She was a nun doctor, first of all. And I was like, was anybody in your medical school like freaked out by that? And she said, no, so I guess not. Um, and then they were a doctor and a nurse and they moved to Colorado and they've lived there in the same community for 30 years, and they used to be ER nurse and doctor, and then eventually uh, they worked in hospice care, and then uh, they retired, and she told me that six years ago, the ranch that they own, where they own 13 horses that are their kids, uh, burned down, and they had nowhere else to stay, and so their community took them in, and they live in rural Colorado, and I don't know if you guys know anything about rural Colorado, but... I bet those people uh, probably voted for Trump. I'm just guessing. Um, But those women took care of them. So then they took care of those women. Because if we're close enough to each other to actually see each other, then we know we're not scary and we help each other. I don't know what we do now in general. Uh, I've been trying to figure it out for the last week. I think part of it is we have to continue to stay connected, not just on social media, but in real life. We have literally elected a man who lives in a golden tower. (laughs) Like he named it a tower. Think about how fucking ridiculous that is. To elect like a just a piece of shit (laughs) who doesn't care about any of us and built himself a golden tower with his name on it. You wouldn't buy that script. So he lives in a tower, and that's how he fucking won. He didn't win the popular vote, 
but he won the electoral college, uh, the electoral college because he convinced us to be separate from each other and to be scared of each other. That is what will continue this trend in four years. If we spend the next four years being freaked out and away from each other and on social media yelling into the void of likes. That's not going to work. There are protests going on. That's great. I hope you go. I hope that makes you feel unity if you go. Hannah, our wonderful Hannah, who's a producer on the show who's over there, she made a whole list of organizations that you can get involved with or donate to that are going to keep our country from falling into the sea. (laughs) Donate to those organizations and become involved with them. But I started doing this job to make myself safer. That is 100% true. I was tired of coming out to people in happenstance ways, like if you're getting a bagel and then somebody's like, oh, you're getting, you're getting like two bagels? Who is this for, your boyfriend? And then you're like, no, my girlfriend. And then it's like somehow very awkward because you've just revealed so much to the bagel person. <laughs> and now they know why you're so into bagels. Please get that. (laughs) I decided that the safest I could be was to tell everybody who I was as often as possible so people would know me. Because there have been times in my life that being gay and being a woman has made me very unsafe. Um, Very unsafe. And really bad things have happened to me. Uh, I chose to do the only thing I could think of. Um, I've been talking too long, but I will tell you exactly what I mean. There was a guy that was awful to me in college. Awful. He followed me and stalked me and harmed me. He did really bad things to me. And... When he found out I was gay, that crushed something in his brain because he thought we were going to end up together uh, because men are not necessarily taught to really read the signs that women are getting off, giving off. As he would, like, ask to date me, and then I would physically run away from him, and then he would find me. You know, the way courtships go. <laughs> And when he confronted me, he's a foot taller than me, at least. No, he was 6'5". Yeah, he's over a foot taller than me. And like this huge dude with huge muscles. And he came screaming at me across a parking lot. Uh, You're a fucking dyke. That's what he was screaming at me. And honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth because I know this. If it had just been him and I, he, I don't know what would have happened to me. Um, he'd already done bad things to me. I don't know what would have happened. But there was a dude, straight dude, straight white dude, one of the worst. (laughs) One of the worst we have to offer (laughs) as a human race. (laughs) 
There's a straight white dude coming at me, and the person who stepped in front of me and protected me was another straight white dude. That person said, like, you need to leave. That person waited until that guy left. That guy walked with me for the rest of the night, and I was safe because of that person. And that is why telling other people who you are, knowing other people, and being connected to each other makes you safe. If, if I had hid, even during this most terrible time in my life, and nobody knew me, there'd be no reason for somebody to intervene. So especially to those in this audience who come to this show because you are vulnerable in the world, please continue to reach out. Please do not lose hope and faith that other people will be there to protect you. I understand that you might come to this show deliberately to feel support, and I hope that we can give you that tonight and on other Tuesdays. But when you're not here, that is what I would recommend. Get to know your neighbors, talk to your family, be honest with people about who you are, and tell them when you're scared and let other people help you. That is how we will change this in four years. And that's what we need to be doing every day until then. And those of us that have power in some small ways, I'm a tiny woman, and um, only this side of my hair can really pass. <laughs> but I still have whiteness in my skin, and there's a privilege with that. And so I plan to also extend that privilege to make sure that I'm fighting for other people who might be even more vulnerable than I am. And I know there's a lot of women that come to see this show. I know there's a lot of queer women that come see this show. So we can still be leaders in our community, even though we are within a vulnerable community ourselves. Does everybody in this room agree to this plan? <laughs> Well, thank God. Because I know you guys were worried. There were some of you, most of you knew that if you came tonight, I would have a plan <laughs> to, to sort of fix this. Um, and there are some of you, those of you who know me, like, you know, not as well, um, who might have come here, this is just a stand-up show. No, you're going to get the answers. <laughs> To all of life's questions. Thank you one more time to Hannah for making that sheet that I know we're all going to use for all the activism that is going to come after tonight. But for the next hour, we get to just laugh our fucking faces off, and I am relieved about that myself. How about you guys? Well, this first comic is... He's... An incredible comic and the nicest fucking dude. And I love him when he's on this show. So let's hear it right now for this little ray of sunshine. Give it up for Paul Danke. Give it up for Paul. Always on the show, I ask people when they, you know, when they want their sets cut, I ask them what they're working on right now. What um, do you have going on in your life? I'm working on a really great joke about a shirt <laughs> and it sounds really stupid and I think it technically is but I'm working really hard on it and I really like it <laughs> so that joke that you just did which is about a shirt it's about a that shirt. is being cut from the set mm -hmm. or from the show from the podcast are you hoping that that becomes like a late night set yeah yeah it's so 
it just like got in my mind as like such a stupid idea that I absolutely feel like I have to. I have to, I have to like make it happen. I have to let this stupid shirt just do its thing. I think what's amazing right now is a place like Conan. Or actually, there are some other late night shows that are being a little bit more experimental too. Like somebody like Rory Scovel having the opportunity to go on and mm-hmm. do whatever it is that he does live that's really hard to translate into yeah. television. I, f- I have a lot of hope for your sure joke. Yeah, I feel like. Because it's, f- it's physical comedy. You're it doing is. like physical comedy. Yeah. Do you want to describe it at all to people? You no, don't have to. No, I can't. <laughs> I can't because I... It's a secret shirt joke. It's a secret shirt joke, and it has a surprise in it that is a, it's pretty satisfying. People seem to be... It's surprising, and I really... It cracks me up to know it. When did you start working on this joke? I bought this shirt about a little less than a year ago. Oh, my God. You've been working on this shirt joke for a year? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, not like, against that. No, I'm no. pro that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not the only thing that I do, but I know it's not the only thing. <laughs> you do, yeah, no, like, but it also requires like uh, discovery. Like you have this look on your face, like you're discovering yeah. something. So you're doing that again and again. Yeah, it's like an That's acting amazing. thing. It makes it. You're a, little a bit hell harder. of an actor. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a, it's a really fun thing to do because I normally don't do physical bits and I hate to do a gag I kind of feel like it's like not my style but this just kind of fell into my lap and I was like I can't I can't stop doing this it would be such a betrayal of like getting to find something out that was really just fun for me to do has anybody seen it yet any bookers seen it yet I don't think so I don't think so. I've been keeping it kind of a low profile thing, which is so funny because it's just a stupid shirt joke. But I really, I've never, I've not done any late night sets before. So if I could get on doing something this stupid, I would feel, I feel very proud of that. I, number one, it's very funny. But number two, I love the idea of your first set being something that seems to be happening in real life. Also, Nick Vatterot. Have you ever watched Nick Vatterot's... Uh, do you know Nick? I, d- I do New know York Nick. I've not seen guy. his uh, You should special go watch... Not that, not that I'm like trying to give you homework, but I just mean... He's the <laughs> only people I know who've done physical things on mm-hmm. late night shows, and Nick had this thing that he used to do with this like, enormous list. I saw him do it a zillion times in Chicago when he used to live there, and I lived there, and then I think he did it on Ferguson. Anyway, the people that are also listening to this co- to this podcast should go watch it as well. Yeah. And yeah, Rory's should. stuff on Conan, and then they can build up their anticipation yes. for how great your yes. shirt late night set is going to oh, be. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for prepping people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what people really I, I just think people need to be doing their work. You know what I mean? Yeah, you got to yeah. do your homework. You can just watch totally. stand-up without the context of the entire history of stand-up. Totally. So, there it is. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I didn't want to... I was tired of writing jokes about my life. I have a lot of jokes about my life, and I really love them, because I love my life. But uh, it was just more... I don't know. Oh, he's wrapping up? Shit. I gotta go get this guy. Go get him. All Nikki, you're amazing. right on rolling oh this next comic so funny she's got a new album that is out very recently called just putting it out there but you guys are gonna get to see her right now you're gonna love her with your whole hearts let's hear right now for Aparna Nonchurla guys give it up for Aparna Um, 
I needed to pee and I didn't have time, so I have to pee really badly. And so I just want you to know it might affect the urgency of my set. Uh, you know, my energy level. Like normally I'm at a two. You might see me reaching like a 2.5, a three. So I, I just wanted to let you know. Uh, yeah, it is, it is a weird time to be alive. Um, I was thinking uh, Hallmark should maybe add uh, a card sentiment section just for this time in our life, and it should just be called, well, and that should be it. <laughs> Uh, I was like, can't we just do the mannequin challenge for four years? You know, just like hold it, <laughs> really process, process it out. Um, uh, speaking of monsters, did anyone uh, celebrate Columbus Day? I know it was a very forced segue. Um, I, I felt it too. Uh, no, it's a, it's, it's a trick question. I'm glad you laughed uncomfortably. Um, I, no, I, I feel like for the most part, our country has stopped, you know, giving him prop, mad props. Uh, and for the most part, we're like, he is a bad guy. I, I think, though, not all the states have changed uh, Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. Like, only Vermont has done it. I think another one. But that's it. Oh, Washington? Are you from Washington? Okay, thank you for representing that part of my joke that doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have a punchline there, and I appreciated you stepping in like that. Um, I, no sarcasm at all. Um, fully sincere. I, no, I was thinking Columbus, like, I was like, you know, why did, does anyone still give him even name credit? And I was like, well, I guess the, the one thing we could give him credit for is he was kind of the first guy to originate the concept of, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to win. <laughs> you know, that was kind of his whole deal. Um, I could just imagine him on one of the boats, like, doing a confessional, just being like, I don't like any of them. <laughs> They don't look like me. They don't have spices. <laughs> and frankly, I make them sick. You know? That's a wordplay joke and a history joke. Something for no one. <laughs> uh. I saw a commercial for a Columbus Day sale. I, was, I feel like the only accurate way you could have a Columbus Day sale is if the last guy who comes into the store is like, okay, I own all the mattresses now. Uh, and then he just commits a genocide. Like, that's the only, that's the only way you're allowed to call it that. Uh, yeah, adulthood to me feels like just like a series of tough realizations. And uh, you discover a lot of them the hard way. Like, I learned this through doing... Uh, there is no way to pick up pills that you spilled on the ground without looking like a total human red flag. <laughs> you know? There's just no way to be like, huh! <laughs> Oh, this is what I meant to do. Everything is going great. 
there's always like an immediate sense of desperation. You're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I need these. You know, it quickly devolves into like a dark one-woman show that no one agreed to attend. Uh, I, I, I am on a healthy diet of pills. They are prescribed for the most part. Uh, one of the things I take them for is depression. It's always good to mention depression during your set because people are like, I guess you can have it all. <laughs> Very grounding. It's very relatable. I've, uh, I've had depression for most of my life, you know, learned to manage it fairly well, but a lot of times I'll still, I'll feel sad for no reason. But then I'll remember the reasons. You know? <laughs> this actually makes a lot of sense. This adds up. It is weird because everyone's sad right now and I'm like, come on, don't move into my neighborhood. <laughs> that's, that's my thing. <laughs> I, uh, I recently switched medications and the new ones are working great but they had a side effect I didn't know about I have like really terrible dry mouth uh, and it made me realize that all medications are kind of like uh, the monkey's paw like you get what you want but there's always a cost you don't know about it's always like oh yeah you'll be more fun to hang out with but no whenever you try to talk to someone dust will fly out of your mouth great <laughs> There's always, like, a twist. It's like those women who get so much Botox, uh, they can't cry anymore, it, like, comes out of their boobs. Like, there's something is not being said. It's like, oh, you'll get what you want. You'll get what you want. It's like, why did you say it again, doctor? In a sinister tone. Not unnecessary. I, uh, I, I'm excited in New York. I live in New York. That's why I smell different. Uh... <laughs> But I, I'm excited because it's finally fall there. It's like people are finally taking out their scarves. And uh, I love this time of year because I'm someone with, who would like clothes. I like to wear enough layers that people are like, does she have a physical form at all? We don't know. Like I like to keep people in the dark about it. I, I don't know. I just have a lot of tr trouble having confidence walking around. Like, does it, Do any women in the audience read ladies' magazines? Okay, I call them that because I'm 87. Uh, it's, fine, it's fine if you don't. I feel like I keep getting tricked into buying them, even though I've been burned several times. Like, I'll be at the store and I'll be like, oh, I like Serena Williams in a power pose, and then buy it, take it home, open it up, and immediately it's just like, did you realize you haven't been worrying about something you should have been worrying about for most of your life? Like, your elbows might be boring. And you're like, no! Like, your personality might have hair on it. And you're like, come on! Another thing, like, yeah, clearly our gender has just been getting a free ride. Definitely give us more assignments. We have nothing else to do. We've just been sitting around voting for decades, being like, what else? What else can I check off? Yeah, I try to avoid them for the most part, but I, the weirdest tip I ever read in one has sort of burned itself into my brain, and this is all it said. It was like, to look more confident when you're walking around, look like you have a sexy secret. <laughs> Apparently women's magazines are now just like, print this, see if it's words. We don't know. We don't know anymore, we're tired. 
<laughs> yeah, walk around and give a sexy secret. Don't get me wrong, like I urge you all to try it regardless of your gender. <laughs> it's a valuable thought experiment. It's like when Charlize Theron played an ugly person, like it's a real test of character. But uh, I'll always suddenly think of it too late in the middle of the street and then it'll sort of devolve from there. Like I'll just be walking around, I'll just be like, Oh, yeah, okay, sexy secret. Okay, you got a sexy secret. Okay, my underwear's got a hole in it. But not in a good place. You know, like it always goes rogue at the end. It's like, see ya, good luck. I'm like, forget the sexy part. That's advanced. Just work on the secret we'll build. Life is a journey. You gotta start small. So be like, okay, secrets, secrets. What are my secrets? Okay, my email password <laughs> isn't strong enough. I'm a risk. Gotta work on my secrets. And ending on bigger laughs. Thank you guys so much. for a partner. That's hilarious. She was amazing. I like it very much. How are you doing? I know. Oh, no. Crowd work is going to be so terrible for the next four years. (laughs) Oh, shoot. Shoot. What did you do today? You worked. What do you do for a living? I'm a nurse. You're a nurse. Hey, thanks for doing that. Yeah, you should clap for that. What kind of nurse? Where do you? What kind of patients? Women. Women. Uh, what? Hey, thanks a lot for that, especially. Uh, really appreciate. To. Is it just all pap smears? What is it? Yes. I don't know what it is at all. So <laughs> we might have very different ideas. That's amazing. That's that's great. How long have you been doing that work? Thirteen years. Thirteen years. That doesn't make any sense because you look eight and a half. <laughs> Did you deliver yourself? <laughs> this is an even younger looking person? Is that what you just... Oh, she's my 14-year-old. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> this is your child? <laughs> you guys can't see this person, but... This is some really unbelievable shit. (laughs) I haven't heard anything this unbelievable in six days. (laughs) This is your child? You seem like a cool, self-possessed person. And you are how old? 14, well, almost 14. I'm so proud of you. For look at at how cool you are. 14? 
You have like a flower crown on. It's not Snapchat. It's IRL. <laughs> I see you're not my president shirt. I think you made it. I think you made your shirt. It's very cool. You're very cool. You're, you're almost 14. How did you do this? How did you get to this point? Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Smart enough, even, to point at the mom next to him. This is very cool. What a cool family you are. I'm so happy to meet you and know you exist in the world. This gives me a lot of hope. Thank you for being here and sitting in the front row. I love it when... Yes. I just love this the most. How's school right now? Is it stressful? Is it okay? What's going on at school? Post in the last week. Yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the reality of it, is that we don't know yet. Um, I think that one thing that seems to be true, and I hope this is reassuring in some way, is that, you know, in terms of public opinion, many of these battles have already been won. So most Americans believe that queer people deserve equal rights. That doesn't mean everywhere. That doesn't mean in bathrooms. It doesn't mean everywhere. So I think the best thing that you can do for yourself in the next couple of years is to, um, you know, stay alert and stay aware of your surroundings as all people should, but as especially queer people should at all times. Um, but then also try to live your life um, because there are no guarantees regardless of who you are. And I think somebody taking away your joy for living or your happiness is... That would be the, the true shame. Um, so just stay strong. And I'm glad that you have a community at your school. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> what a good family. Well, guys, would you like more stand-up comedy? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure there's other relatives here, but, like, these are the best relatives <laughs> that are here. You know, I'll get to you. I'm sure I'll ask you questions, but, like, these are the ones. <laughs> so. Good luck living up to that, whoever I talk to in two comics. <laughs> well, we have got a treat, because it, this next comic it is their first time on the show, and also... a. This for a specific intro, and, you know, I aim to please, so th please, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, whenever it's somebody's first time on the show, you know, we go really wild, and we welcome them with our whole hearts, so obviously you know that in advance. But then also, this next person is a hip stand-up comedian and definitely not an undercover cop. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Michael Bush. Give it up for him. Come on. Hello, I am a hip stand-up comedian and 
definitely not an undercover cop. So, it's been a crazy week, huh? I know uh, I've been trying to let off some steam by doing all the drugs. Anyone else doing all the drugs? Show of hands. Show of hands. Anyone else doing all the drugs? I'm going to do some crowd work. tickets sent to me. So you don't have your own tickets to the show. <laughs> what you're saying is you did not purchase a ticket to this show which you were sitting in. Second party, but yeah. This is not a party, Nick. <laughs> I notice you have your hat on backward. Are you some kind of rebel, Nick? <laughs> no. What's the front of your hat say, Nick? Does it say party? <laughs> Second party? <laughs> I didn't ask if I could read it, I asked you to tell me. Griffith Park. Griffith Park. <laughs> some kind of hippie nature lover. <laughs> All right, Nick. show so far? Andy, what brings you to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, Andy? Friend invited me and I like the performers. <laughs> Which performers do you like, Andy? I only knew about the host, so. So you just lied to me, Andy. <laughs> I notice you're wearing a button-up appears to be a chamay shirt and plaid uh, appear to be kind of board shorts. Is this some kind of gang attire, some hipster gang attire? I think? You sure, Andy? No, but I'm pretty positive. Get a razor, Andy. <laughs> What's your name, ma'am? Betty? You want drugs, Betty? <laughs> Talk to you after the show. That's my crowd work. Now I'm going to tell some jokes that I definitely wrote myself and definitely did not find on a law enforcement message board. <clears throat> How many firemen does it take to change a light bulb? How many? Four. One to change the bulb and three to chop a hole in the roof. <laughs> Why doesn't a fire chief look out the window in the morning? Because then he wouldn't have anything to do in the afternoon. Uh -huh. 
boy. I have one more joke. How can you tell when a firefighter is dead? <laughs> the remote control slips from his hand. <laughs> All right, those are my jokes. Now I'm going to do some prop comedy. You stand up and search you for props. <laughs> do you have any props that might stick? Point me. Pointy. Do you have any pointy props? <laughs> Clear. Sir, stand up. Do you have any pointy props on you that might stick me? I do not. Fantastic. Clear. <laughs> Sir, stand up. <laughs> do you have any props on you that might stick me and point me anything illegal that I might find on your person? No, not really. All right, sit down. Clear. <laughs> Betty, I'll see you after the show. <laughs> <laughs> stage if I had guys well this is you know what I'm gonna say this you seem to be in a really like kind of good mood like your spirits seem to be uplifted all these comics have clearly done an amazing job I've clearly done an amazing job <laughs> and you've clearly done an amazing job by being here so it's it's great news right I mean so the so all hope is not lost because we can still have some enjoyment and, and we're, we're laughing like almost as if the world is continuing, and that's nice. Um, and so we're gonna stay right in that zone. We've got two comics left. Uh, do you have it in your heart for two more comics? I knew you would! Well, uh, this next dude, you know what? I've known him for a minute, and then last night I was watching um, Issa Rae's new show, Insecure, on HBO, and he has an awesome part in that show, awesome role in it. And so it's a great show, and here's what you should also be doing. You know, while you're kind of just repairing your lives uh, emotionally, you should be supporting shows that kind of work against the tide of all of this other nonsense, right? Because that's like a thing that we can do that's very small. We can give ratings to uh, shows that support people that might, you know, uh, be on the right side of history, whatever, et cetera. So I would recommend, uh, just if you, like, don't know... Uh, what's going on? What shows are? Hey, what shows is Cami Esposito watching? I'm watching Better Things on FX, which I'm really loving. Uh, you should be watching that show. A couple people are watching, um, and I'm also really loving Insecure on HBO. So watch that show um, and look for this next comic in it. Let's hear it right now for Langston Kerman, you guys. Give it up for him, guys. Come on! This is so nice. What an intro. Thank you. This is cool, man. This was, I, you know, I, I liked, it was kind of nice watching white people get fucked with by a cop. That was cool. 
that was like a really fun thing for me, y'all. Some people in the corner were nervous. It was fun. I liked that a lot. I get it. I get Trump's America. I get it. It makes sense, man. We got a dictator that's gonna feed us steak. That's cool. Y'all are tripping. <laughs> I'm in town from New York. I live I live in like a shitty neighborhood in, in Brooklyn. Uh, tell me if this is a sign you live in a bad neighborhood. You ever had a sommelier describe a wine using the word motherfucker? <laughs> That's sort of what my neighbor, like, yeah, this is a good motherfucking wine right now. It's got hints of oak and shit. <laughs> a little bit of black and mild I sprinkled in there. Just for seasoning, you gotta season that motherfucking wine, man. Let that ferment. <laughs> This Trump shit is crazy. It's weird. My grandfather, I think, probably voted for... I'm, I'm not entirely black. I'm still undecided. I, uh... <laughs> weighing my options. Dominican baseball player this year. 12-year-old Dominican baseball player. I'm half, I'm half Jewish. That's, that's what this look thing, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm half Jewish, so I'm not so much light-skinned as I am being frugal with my pigment. Does that make sense? <laughs> I got a trust fund full of melanin. Saving it for later. <laughs> my, my grandfather is a very conservative Jewish man, right? And like, I think he probably voted for Trump, and I think I, you know, in truth, I have like some guilt and shit around that because you know you want to be able to fix your loved ones he's very conservative like hardcore republican card carrying member of the nra his favorite thing to do in the world is watch fox news he loves it no he loves it can't get enough of it and you know how they talk the, the pundits are always on there talking about how delicious poor people taste and they <laughs> But, but one time we're at his house, he and I were together, we're watching Fox News together, just he and I, and in the middle of it, my grandfather, I swear to God, he turns to me and he says, Langston, this is the only news you can trust. He said that to me. And I've been this color the whole time, right? I didn't change or nothing. <laughs> And at first it offended me, you know what I mean? That feels malicious, it feels like an awful thing for someone to say, but I realized he's not saying that to hurt my feelings, right? Like this isn't meant to be an attack, this is actually his way of expressing love. He's sharing something very private and intimate with someone he cares about, and he's showing me that he loves me by sharing. And so as he said, I had this realization wash over me that I think I'm my grandpa's black friend. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I'm the one that he brings up when people are like, yo, you're racist. And he's like, nah. <laughs> nah, I got a black friend. <laughs> my grandson is my black friend. I didn't want him to be, but he's my black friend. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm gonna get back to adding N-words to this old Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> Fly me to the moon, nigga. <laughs> it's a better song. Gotta find shit to be happy about. I, I'm in a relationship that makes me happy. My girlfriend, she's dope. She's a she's a lawyer, right? She she does estate planning law. She like handles big estates for very wealthy people. And I do this. <laughs> she's dumb as hell. You know what I mean? Big old idiot. What are you doing? 
we're in a long distance relation. So like she lives in Baltimore and I live in New York, which that can be hard. Is there Baltimore here? Yeah. We bay. Hey, all right. It's the only reference I know. I no, I she, so we have like this this and that's that can be hard. It's hard to make someone feel sexy from a distance. You know what I mean? Because sex is present. It's now, it's in front and there's nothing I can do to fix it. Like I can't be on the phone like ha ha. Yeah, girl. I'm gonna tear that ass up in 2 to 3 weeks time. <laughs> Woo! Woo. I hope you getting wet, girl. And then I hope you store that wet. <laughs> Maybe put it in some Tupperware or on ice. I get to it. Ooh, what am I gonna do to you, girl? Mm, mm, what do you? What am I gonna do? Ooh, I tell you. First of all, I am gonna take a Chinatown bus. That's right, the illegal one. <laughs> I'm gonna ride that for about six to eight hours, even though it should only take three. And the whole time I'm on that bus, girl. Ooh, the whole time I'm on that bus, I'm gonna be sitting next to an old Asian man holding a live rooster. <laughs> Why is that rooster on that bus? It's hard to say, girl. But I tell you this, that rooster won't be happy about it. Ooh, and when I finally make it to Baltimore, when I finally make it to Baltimore, I'm probably gonna be too tired to have sex with you. <laughs> it's a long day. <laughs> that rooster really wore me out. My girlfriend's mom is single. She's like dating, which sucks. You know, she's older. It's, that's not a fun thing. To help her, we made her an OkCupid account, which was not a good idea, but it has been the thrill of my life. You understand? I like how older people talk to each other online. There's something, and I don't mean that in like a facetious bullshit. Like, I, they're so raw and honest. Not like young, we, we spend so much time trying to present ourselves and lie about, they don't care. Like the websites will say like, hey, list 10 fun facts about yourself. And then they just list the first 10 facts that pop into their head. You know what I mean? So it'll just be like, construction worker, lonely, hemorrhoids. Like that's it. <laughs> person's profile just reads like this unwavering stream of consciousness. Does that make sense? It's just like a dude yelling like, hello! I am Fedora Daddy 1978. I am a divorced father of three, but don't worry, my kids don't call me anymore. I was recently fired from my job for only knowing how to type with two fingers. I'll let you guess which two fingers. Anyway, I'm looking for that special someone who can help me figure out if my milk is expired. How can you tell? I tried sniffing it, but that's how they get you. Anyway, call me on my email. I'll be here anytime, day or night. I don't sleep much as I'm very worried my son might be a homosexual. How can you tell? I tried sniffing them, but that's how they get you. P.S. No fatties. It's real particular at the end. You guys were a lot of fun, man. My name's Lance Carmen. Hey. Go for Cameron. Give it up for Langston. Well, he was hilarious. Oh, you guys. Great, great, great. Shall I even endeavor to discuss anybody else's life with them? How are you? Are you doing okay? Yeah, what did you do today? 
I know. I try. I know. I get it. What did you do today? Yeah, I worked. Oh no! I feel like you're having a hard day because it's still the same day, but you don't remember that you worked today. What did you do for a living? You're a realtor? How is that job? That seems impossible. <laughs> oh, is that better or worse? Oh, got it. The end of that sentence helped that sentence a lot. Because I thought you were going to say, he keeps the money. And then I was going to think that your job was very bad indeed. <laughs> I work with somebody, he keeps the money. It's okay. How are you doing? Yeah, what did you do today? What do you do? What? You guys fucking with me? Because you have a backwards hat on. <laughs> You're a financial advisor? Yo, dude. For real. What should I do? <laughs> What? Did you hear my voice, by the way? Are you being serious, though? No. I mean, it's okay. You're not allowed to talk about it? No. What does that mean? I'm not really asking for tips. I'm just messing around at a comedy show, but are you really not allowed to talk about it? Okay, my social security number is... <laughs> no, I, I, I know. I know you're not going to really tell me what to do. It's okay. Um, I actually have a financial advisor. I'm a big success. <laughs> I'm like, not going to steal your tips. Um, but also, how are things looking these days right now? Does, did your life change any at all in the last six days? Uh huh. Like, right. What were? Now it's gonna get much worse. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Right. <laughs> well, you heard it here. Unless. You're also a comic who's definitely not a financial advisor. Oh. Well, thank you for the tips. Is that like a standard line? I mean, I get it, because I understand I made a funny joke. Tell me the tips. And I'm sure that's what everybody says to you. I know, kid. Um, but are they as cute as me and charming? Look how charming I am. I like kind of pleade when I um, is that your standard line, golden oil? Is that like a standard line you have? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny about this? Like, I literally, I mean, yes, I do actually have somebody that's a financial advisor. I have a financial advisor, but I know so little about what you do that you were like, golden oil. And I was like, I literally, my first thought was like, 
are those things real? <laughs> Which, like, this whole time I've been saying all this really deep and important political stuff, but I don't know if oil is real. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> I'm not, like, 100% sure you should follow, like, everything I'm saying. <laughs> like, most of it, but also, like, can you invest in gold? <laughs> Is it by buying it? <laughs> then where do you put it? <laughs> On the outside of your tower? <laughs> so anyway. Well, thanks to this couple. They're very nice. Clap for them. <laughs> well, anyway, um... We got one final comic. She's amazing. And though I know she's on the show, I don't remember if I was here for it. I just love her very much. She's great. This is a great show for her to be on because she's an awesome person. And we were just chatting backstage. She came to check in with me, see how I was doing. Do you see how we take care of each other? This is important. Now, do you guys want to end the show with a giant bang that came from you? <laughs> Where you applauded a lot? <laughs> I'm still thinking about how I don't know if golden oil is real. <laughs> like, as a thing, how would you get it? <laughs> Can you buy it? Is that what the st a stock is? <laughs> oh, well. Oh well, oh well. You guys, there's going you're all over so much. Please, a round of applause for Claire O'Kane. Give it up for Claire. This is how I feel. For the radio listeners or listeners on uh, K Rock or whatever the fuck this is going on. Um, <laughs> I look like a goth sleeping bag. <laughs> Who loves to read? So. Uh, OBGYN, may I call you doctor? I'm a nurse, but you can. Dr. Vagina, uh, I have a question for you. How big of a bush is too big of a bush? <laughs> Medically. If it doesn't fit in my pants, okay, so that it answers my question, say if I'm wearing my underwear, but then it looks like I sat on an anthill. Uh, oh this a little bit? Oh, God. Where's my real, my lady realtor? Where did you, where are you? Right over here? Hello? Uh, what kind of house would you recommend for a woman with a fat bush? Would you say... <laughs> be an atrium is that what i want one of those rooms that looks open air but it's actually covered so you can watch the rain <laughs> sounds good we'll talk where's my financial advisor financial advisor all right oh, you are wearing a backwards hat <laughs> Devin, 
I assume, is your name. Uh... <clears throat> Big Daddy Devin, if my... If my pussy is solid gold... I think three thou? Priceless. Priceless. <laughs> Sexual harassment! Oh, lordy, lordy, look who's 40. I just can't, I can't get over it. This election has really brought out the worst uh, in all of us. Uh, I almost wrote a poem today. Oh, yuck! <laughs> Jeepers creepers. I don't know, I want to know what that would look like. The world is a vampire? I don't... <laughs> I don't know. We'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. You're 13 going on 14? I swear to God, if anybody fucks with you, I got... You got it. You got me. I'm so... Ugh, you're so cool. I was so uncool when I was 13. I plucked the shit out of my eyebrows. And it just looked like a hit, Just a hint. A whisper of a... <laughs> of a lifeless caterpillar, just a whisper. You're so fucking cool. Anyway, seamless transition into my uh, written material. Hey. <laughs> Are we all excited about the Honda days? <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait for the Honda days. great Honda days last year. I <laughs> went and visited my grandmother uh, at her old people home uh, over the Honda days, but for whatever reason, they call it vintage living. Because <laughs> they're very old and worth a lot of money if you play your cards right, sister. And I had never noticed this before, but I noticed it this time that my grandma had a little calendar on her wall. And can anybody just guess what the theme of the calendar might have been, any guesses? Horses? Oh, cats! Adult kittens? No. <laughs> Advent calendar. Very close, very close. Anything else? Firemen. We're getting very warm. <laughs> yes. Vintage living, baby! Just a bunch of different ambulances. <laughs> How about just a bunch of different pictures? Different ambulances. Same parking lot for sure. <laughs> to save money, I assume. What do you want to whisk you away, Mima? <laughs> September's blue, you like blue? She's got a 2017 calendar that's just a bunch of different caskets, so. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> got her, dude! <laughs> She's dead now. She died. Um, oh, don't cry for her, Argentina. She was very old. She was 95 years old. It'd be crazy if she wasn't dead, honestly. Um, now she's in heaven. 
watching uh, watching the selection and seeing all the stuff, shitty stuff that Donald Trump said, and thinking, well, I hope he's just Catholic. <laughs> and uh, that's why it's okay that she's dead. Um, I was driving behind an ambulance the other day with a person in it, and I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but, oh, you can see there's a person in it because, oh, thank God there's a window, and you get to see a dead person, potentially. Uh, And it got me thinking about death. All I can think about is death now. I'm like thinking, fuck, now I have to think about death. Now I have to think about what am I even living for? And I figured it out. I figured out the thing that I'm living for, and it's the moment that I can hear this particular radio ad again. And it's a radio ad I heard driving uh, in the middle of the nowhere. In the middle of the nowhere? In the middle of the nowhere, in the middle of the night, middle of buttfuck nowhere, population cow fart, hello. (laughs) Funniest thing I've ever thought of. And it's driving and this radio ad comes on and it goes like this verbatim. What brings friends together? What brings families together? What will bring peace to this world? And then a couple people just go, (laughs) T-shirts! Mamma mia, papa pia. Uh, I hope we all get T-shirts this year and that we feel better. Uh, You're great. I love you so much. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, Yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, Jazos. Ruler of the Eighth Circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.